Hi, everybody. Do me a favor, and if you would, turn in your Bibles to John 14, because I'm going to get there soon. I want, what I want to do this morning is I just want to encourage each and every one of you. Um, I want to share some testimonies. We believe in the power of testimony in our ministry. Um, God believes in the power of testimony. He talks about it in Psalm 78. He says, I've built a testimony in my people and I want you to share it with one another so you remember who I am what I, and what I've done. But not only that, I believe he wants us to share testimonies so we're reminded who we are in him and what he's made us to do. We, we just finished a, uh, a school here called the School of Extreme Prophetic where people come together and we get stirred up in the prophetic, we get stirred up in the heart of God to go out and share the extreme love of Jesus in extreme places. And we had about 100, 120 people go out on the streets here. This is actually the second school that we've gotten to do in New Zealand. The first one was two weeks ago up in Auckland. And something amazing happened. I've, gotten, I've got to teach a lot of these schools. I've got to go on a lot of outreaches. Something happened, started two weeks ago and built through this last weekend that I've, I've not seen before on the streets. And I want to share a couple quick stories and then I'm going to do a, a little bit of a message and see where God takes us. We went out on the streets in Auckland. We had 12. Is it I, when you're filming? Is it OK if I come down? Is that OK? OK. Um, I'm more comfortable down here. Um, we had 12 teams out on the streets in Auckland all over the city. Is that working? OK. All right. Great. I don't want to mess up your media. We have a media team, too. And when so God bless you guys. And if you need to direct me, just yell at me and I'll stand where I'm supposed to stand and try really hard to be still. We had 12 teams out on the streets in Auckland. And I got to go and be a part of a team on K Road. Are you guys familiar with K Road in Auckland? It's, I guess, the, the sort of the red light district, the hard area. And, and those are my favorite places to go. Um, so we're out there. And the first couple hours they were, we were there, it, it felt like it was hard. You know, we were saying, I always tell people the secret to power evangelism, the secret to prophetic evangelism, there's three things you need. You need Jesus, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and you need to know how to say hi. It's that easy. You say hi, you start a conversation, you start to talk to people, their hearts open up to you, your heart opens up to them, and Jesus flows out. And an opportunity almost always presents itself to be a blessing to people. So we're out there and we're saying hi to people, and you know, I'm getting to lead this team and I'm encouraging them, you guys, all it takes is hi. For two hours I'm saying hi, and people are doing this. So they're looking at me like, does this thing work or not? But, you know, we just kept at it. We kept believing that God is who he says he is, that he can do what he says he can do. And we kept believing that we are who he says we are and we can do what he says we can do. So we're walking down the street. We meet these two really neat people. They were so they were really great to talk to. We learned I learned so much. I learned stuff that I didn't know about. I learned about something called P, which we don't have in America um, we have like math and crack and stuff like that. And, and these two really precious people, Wayne and Diana, they were sharing how for like 19 years they'd been on drugs and they'd been on the streets. And we just got to sit and visit with them and talk to them and listen to their heart and share a little of our heart with them and said, you know, pretty much approached it as how can we be a blessing to you? And we found out they hadn't eaten for a couple days. So we went down to a shop. We bought them some pies. We bought them some water. And as we're Leaving the shop, paying for the pies, the, the shop owner was, um, I'm not sure, from some, from some Middle Eastern country. I'm not sure which one. And he had this clouded over eye. It was that, so it's this eye. His left eye was completely clouded over. He said, hey, what happened to your eye? And he said, oh, I got a nail in it. 
And I'm, I'm not good with that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm kind of queasy with that kind of stuff. I remember as a kid, my sister stepped on a board and a nail went through her foot and she yelled for help. And I was like, I'll go get some. <laughs> I wanted nothing to do with it. So I'm kind of just feeling queasy. And, and then, he, and then to add to it, he said, yeah. So I just grabbed hold of the nail and I yanked it out. Oh, okay. So, but I was able to share with him. I said, you know, we've actually seen our God heal things like this. We've seen our God open blind eyes. I even got to share a quick story with him about someone I know who was in Brazil with um, Randy Clark and Bill Johnson and was on a street team, prayed for a guy with a, a, a glass eye. The Lord touched him and he was able to see. Now, this is how creative our God is. He can fill empty eye sockets with brand new eyes. He can take damaged eyes and make them heal. But he took a glass eye and made it see. The guy went to the eye doctor, had a test, and the eye doctor said, you can't see out of this eye. It's a fake eye. And the guy's saying, E, G, two, seven. How big is my God? So we're sharing a couple stories with them. And one of the people I'm with, her name was Diana. She was one of the women on the team. She's just like, she, she's just my straight man. She keeps turning to, because this guy wants nothing to do with us. He's completely ignoring us. And she's going, really? God can heal eyes? Tell me another story in front of this man. It was great. So finally, we just turned to him and said, hey, can we pray for your eye? And he sort of looked at us funny and begrudgingly said, yeah, and we, 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 you know, extended our hands and prayed for him and nothingly seemingly happened. But how many of you know that whenever you pray according to God's will, something happens, something is released in the spirit, something, some measure of faith is released and something happens. Some miracles are instantaneous and oh, I love those, but some miracles, some healings are progressive. Sometimes it takes a few prayers. Sometimes it, and so we said to the guy, hey man, don't be surprised if you wake up tomorrow and can see out of that eye because that's who our God is. And he kind of harumphs and he can't wait for us to leave. So we leave, we go down, we visit with Wayne and Diana some more. We sit with them for about an hour. They eat these pies, they drink their water. Wayne's still hungry. We go get him another pie. The shop owner does everything he can to make sure he's not the one who takes the money from us. We go back, we visit some more, and we have a really good time. We get to tell them how grateful we were that they spent time with us, that we really appreciated getting to visit with them and know them a little bit. We just loved on them. And that, that felt like that was it. But again, you do anything in God's heart, and it has an impact. So we go back to meet with the rest of our team. We have to meet up at 5 o'clock at a coffee shop at a Starbucks, and we come back, and we're just sitting and visiting, and we're praying into the, some of the stuff that happened. And the other half of our team comes back, and we're trying to figure out where we want to go for dinner and get something to eat, maybe do some restaurant outreach. And the, the one woman says, you know, there's this guy who's on my heart, and I'd really like to go back and see him, but we don't have time if we have to go to dinner, do we? And all of a sudden we go, man, who cares about dinner? You know, let's go. We'll go. And so half of us decide we're going to go and visit with this guy. And the other half say we're going to stay here and intercede. So what's interesting is when we were visiting with Wayne and Diana, they didn't really want to hear a whole lot about the gospel. They were willing to be loved on. They were willing to hear that we were Christians. And but really what they wanted was just to be treated like people and to be valued. 
And when we brought up the gospel, they, they kind of backed it off a little bit. And, you know, we're not there to jam the gospel down their throat. We're there to share the love of Jesus so it opens their heart to receive the gospel. So what was interesting is when we were visiting with them, they were just sort of, you know, okay, okay. But one thing that um, Wayne said to us is he pointed to a guy that was um, completely passed out in a, in a um, doorway, a doorway. And um, one of those recessed doorways, and he is, I mean, to the point of where we thought maybe we should take his pulse. You know, we weren't sure if he was still alive. He was so out of it. But what Wayne says to us is, you know, you really need to go and share the gospel with him. He's my cousin, and he's really selfish with his drugs. (laughs) So at this point, Wayne's revelation is if you share the gospel with him, maybe it'll do a little good in his heart and he'll be, more, he'll be more generous with his drugs. Wayne had not completely got the revelation of the cross yet. But at least he, he heard that maybe there was a little power in it. So what was interesting is here we are back out on the street. And this woman, Gail, walks up to this guy and I said, oh my gosh, this is Jerry. And she said, you know him? I said, this is Wayne's cousin. I haven't met him, but yeah, I know him. And I said, I don't know. He, he looks really out of it. Well, this woman had great faith. She just leans over, grabs his shoulder, shakes him and says, hey, brother, wake up. Because she had been a drug addict, passed out in doorways on K Road not very long ago. And now her heart and her passion is to be out there pulling others out of the darkness she was pulled out of. So she, she gets him awake and he, he, he looks up and he pops up really quickly, almost into, you know, a defensive stance and is startled by all this. And what do you want? What do you want? And she just starts talking with him. We say hi, ask him if there's anything he wants, find out he's hungry, said, you know, we'd be happy to get him some food. So I assumed, I said, well, I'll go get you some food. I'll be right back. And I turn around, I turn around to walk down to the shop thinking he's going to stay there with Diana and the other woman, Michelle. And all of a sudden I look and he, he's just, he's following me they're following him they follow me right into the shop all of us are in the shop so there we are in the shop talking getting him some pies same shop as the shop owner again he's looking at us like oh my goodness again he does everything he can to make sure he's stocking shelves until we're gone we go sit out on a bench and this is when it got really interesting we sit out on the bench and uh gail shares her testimony with with jerry Something in Jerry's heart begins to open up. The Lord impresses on us to just believe the word of God that when Jesus died on the cross, when he opened the heavens and, and, and he lifted his voice, and that word for lifted there is the same word as roared. And the last act Jesus did on earth was to lift his voice and the veil was torn. And when the veil was torn, what had been partitioned off in the Holy of Holies came spilling out into all the earth. The glory of God came to glove, cover the earth. And God is looking for a people who will rise up in that revelation and are willing to go out and cover the earth in the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. And that word there in the Hebrew, knowledge, is dea. It's different from the Greek word for knowledge, gnosis. The Greek word for knowledge is head knowledge, an intellectual understanding. The Hebrew word for knowledge is dea, a heart knowledge based on an encounter, based on an actual experience. It's an experience-based revelation of who God is and how God is. God has done everything to cover the earth in the glory of the Lord. He's looking for a people who are willing to do something to cover the earth in the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. So here was this precious woman who was willing to go out in that faith and share her testimony. And God said to us, 
open the portal of glory. It's theologically inaccurate to say the heavens are brassed over anywhere because Jesus died on the cross to open the heavens. They may feel brassed over. There may be places where people have come into agreement with demonic powers and they have a measure of strength there. But you know what? There is no place that the devil rules and reigns unless we let him. Because all power on heaven and earth belongs to Jesus Christ and he's put it in our hands to go out and use. So he said to us, call down my glory in this place. And so I said, okay, how much? How big? You know, what, what, what sphere do you want us to define? Like Ezekiel, when God said to Ezekiel, prophesy to the dry bones. Can they live? And he said, only you know, Lord. So I think it's always a good idea to check in with God on what his plans look like and what his strategy is. So here we are. We've got one bench that uh, Michelle is sitting on with um, Gail next to her and, and, and Jerry next to her. Then there's another bench that I'm sitting on right next to them. And then there's an empty bench. And the Lord says, call down my glory, declare my glory, open a portal of glory big enough to surround these three benches. And in my head, being the great man of faith that I am, I'm thinking, what do we need this bench for? There's nobody there. But I was obedient. I prayed my prayer. I, I, I came into agreement with the word that God is in this place. And, I, and as opposed to saying, I do not know what I'm saying. I do know it. And he is awesome and he is mighty. And all of the earth belongs to him, including this spot on K Road. I don't care what's come before. Jesus is Lord. This is his ground. And I come into agreement with that. As soon as I pray this in my head, in my heart, all of a sudden I feel this light go on. And I know that I know that I know that this is Jerry's moment, that this is the moment God is going to reach out and touch his heart. And I turn to listen to what Gail is sharing with him because I become so confident, so bold. I'm just going to wait for her to wrap up whatever she's saying. And I go to, I'm going to ask Jerry, do you want to accept Jesus Christ into your heart as savior today? Cause I know it's his moment. I know all of heaven is standing by waiting to move, to open his heart, to bring him out of darkness out of addiction, out of pain, out of lack, out of all the things that have been forced on him by the kingdom of darkness, all the things that he's come into agreement with in the kingdom of darkness, all the things that have made him feel like every day of my life is going to be this lousy and this painful until I die. And that heaven is going to move and break all that off him and bring him into light and love and wholeness. I knew it. So I'm waiting for her to finish. And as soon as I turn to listen, what I hear her saying is, Jerry, do you want to ask Jesus into your heart today? He says, yes, he gets radically saved. He lets us pray for him. He says he's feeling all hot. He says, I feel like there's fire in me. What is that? And we say, God is breaking you free. He's setting you free of addiction. He's coming upon you like the Isaiah 4, 4 fire right now to purify your blood and set you free. And today is a new day when the rest of your life is going to be different. He is transformed in front of our eyes. He lights up. He's happy. He says, I want to come to church with you guys tomorrow. Now get this. That in itself is incredible and amazing. But what really blew me away is you guys, we all, you know Isaiah 60, right? Arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is upon you. Kings will come to your shining and nations to your bright light. That wasn't just a scripture. That was an eternal truth in that moment because all of a sudden what happened when heaven was moving to reach out and touch this precious man that God has created and loved and wanted to see set free. When the glory of the Lord filled that place to touch him and touch his heart, all of a sudden people were drawn to the bright light. 
Remember, this was right in front of the takeaway shop with the, the owner who wanted nothing to do with us. Now, while Gail is praying with Jerry, the owner comes out and sits down on this other bench. I've spent a fair amount of time on the streets, and when someone's about to get saved, especially in an area like that, the devil has a way of trying to interfere, trying to send in people to create confusion or to drag people away. I mean, I've been, I've been witnessing with people and had somebody else come up and say, hey, man, let's go shoot heroin to try and draw them out of it. So one of the things that we do is we, we kind of try to be aware of what's going on around us and then lovingly, if we can, interrupt interruptions, right? So I'm thinking, okay, that's what this guy's here for. I need to be ready if he tries to get in the way of her, you know, giving Jerry his salvation moment. I need to be able to just start up a conversation and talk with him. I'm completely off. This guy is not there to interrupt. He's drawn by the glory of God. He calls his son out of the shop, sits him in his lap, and, and has him watch every moment. Then he starts calling other people out of his shop and says, you guys need to come out here. You need to let these people pray for you. He calls one girl that's behind the counter, and I don't remember what her name was, say, Rebecca. He says, Rebecca, you need to come out here and let Rob pray for you. The guy remembered my name from when I thought he was irritated with me. He remembered my name. He calls everybody in the shop out and says, you need prayer. He then thanks us, and he's so thrilled. I get to talk with him again about his eye and get him to a place of faith and expectation for his healing. Now we walk back down the street. We run into Wayne and Diana again. We sit down. We visit with them. Diana gets radically saved. Wayne pops up and he says, I want to come to church tomorrow too, but I need to leave. He goes off excited about God. If it wasn't time, if we didn't have to be back for a seven o'clock meeting, I think we'd still be out there on K Road. Because once it breaks open like that, it can just it can just burst open and see what we saw on K Road two weeks ago and what we saw more of here yesterday when we did outreach was we saw the sparks of revival flying. We saw the sparks of revival fire being lit. We saw salvations. We saw the faith for healings. And even more, we saw that simple, everyday people like me and my team who have nothing special about us other than that we believe in Jesus and that we believe who he says he is and that he can do what he says he can do and we believe that we can do what he says we can do went out to share the gospel. And people were drawn to our light. It's, a, it's an Isaiah 60 moment, you guys. And if we'll rise up in that revelation and go out and simply do things like say hi and sit and talk and listen and offer to pray for people and offer to share about who our God is and how our God is, the power of that, people are being drawn to it. If it seems hard at first, do it again. Pray some, come into agreement with God's word, and then share with somebody else. It will break open. You know how I know? Because God is God. Everywhere we go, I hear basically the same thing. Almost everywhere, I should say. People will say, oh, we're really glad you're here. Oh, man, you know, there's such a spirit of witchcraft in this area. Oh, there's such a religious spirit here. Oh, there's so much this, there's so much that. We're really glad you're here. Well, I believe in the power of intercession, and I believe in praying into regions. And everywhere we go, we ask God to show us what the dominant power is, what the ruling spirit is. Because as intercessors, you need to know. And everywhere we go, he faithfully tells us. You know what it is here? 
It's the Holy Spirit. You know what it is in Auckland? It's the Holy Spirit. You know what the ruling power and principality, the greatest territorial spirit in the world is? The Holy Spirit. There's no greater power than the Holy Spirit. There's no demonic stronghold stronger than the Holy Spirit if we come into agreement. See, we need to recognize that this is for all of us. Jesus says in John 14, 12, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do. Now, Jesus says, truly, truly. Jesus is the truth. If he's telling us something's true, we better believe we can believe it. And that's the key. He says, he who believes in me will do the works that I do and greater works he will also do. He doesn't say he who has a great big ministry. He doesn't say he who's on TBN. He doesn't say he who quakes, shakes, and bakes. And if you manifest, God bless you. Manifest, manifest up a storm. But if you don't manifest, that doesn't mean the power of God isn't there. That doesn't mean God isn't with you. He's always with you. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I am with you to the ends of the world. And that he will extend his hand through us if we only believe to perform miracles that glorify the name of his son, Jesus Christ. So if we believe, then we will do the works that he did. We'll even get to do greater works. So what did Jesus do? Well, in the epistle of Peter, we find out that what Jesus did was he manifested to destroy every work of darkness. Jesus manifested on the earth as the son of God and everywhere he went, he destroyed every work of darkness. So what do we do? Well, when we get born again, we manifest as sons and daughters of God. And I believe we are called to destroy every work of darkness everywhere we go. That's a bold thing for me to say. Am I seeing it yet? No, I'm not seeing every single work of darkness destroyed everywhere I go yet. But I know that I know that I know in the very marrow of my bones, this is what we're called to for the simple reason that Jesus's blood is sufficient. Jesus's blood has done this. He has restored us to the fullness of relationship with our father in heaven. Jesus's blood, the second Adam's blood, as Paul refers to him in the epistles, the second Adam's blood has bought back everything the first Adam lost. The fullness of relationship. The fullness of dominion that was given to him to go forth and advance the kingdom. We have once again, if we're willing to believe. Truly, truly, Jesus says to us, those who believe in him, those who believe this word, those who believe in the blood, those who believe in the restoration of the fullness of relationship, those who believe that our God is who he says he is and we are who he says we are, we will go forth and do the works that Jesus did and even greater works. God's modeled this to us for generations. In the last century, we've seen people like William Branham, John G. Lake, Catherine Coleman, Smith Wigglesworth, seen them or read about them. You know, in the last decade alone, I've been saved for five years. And even in the short time I've been in the kingdom, I've seen people like Benny Hinn, Todd Bentley, um, Bill Johnson, Patricia King that are working powerful miracles. Heidi Baker, Heidi and Roland Baker. My gosh, you read about what's going on over there in Africa. You read about what's going on over in the house church in China. God is modeling this for us. But what happens is, as opposed to us grabbing hold of it, which is what he intends for us to do, the devil gets in there and twists it and turns it into superstar Christianity, which is all Benny Hinn can do it. Todd Bentley can do it. John G. Lake could do it. 
we've gotten our eyes off God in the man or God in the woman, and we've gotten our eyes on the man or the woman in God. And as opposed to seeing God in the man and going, I can do that because that's who my Jesus is. We get to, the devil gets us to put our eyes on the man in God and say, well, I, I don't look anything like Benny Hinn. I don't have a big ministry. I don't have a TV show. I don't, I don't really pray like he does. I guess it's not for me. No, it is for me, and it is for you. Because, see, Jesus tells us the very same spirit that raised him from the dead dwells inside of us and quickens our mortal bodies. And I believe that that doesn't just mean, as I so often hear it prayed, it quickens our mortal bodies to bring healing to us or energy to us when we're sick or when we're tired. Yes, it does that because we're given sozo at salvation, which is wholeness, body, soul, and spirit. So yes, it quickens us in that way. But I believe it quickens something inside our body. It quickens something like the rhema word when the rhema quickens quickens the logos. It quickens something inside of us in the very marrow of our bones that says, wait, I have been reformed. I have been remade. I am not who I was. I am a son of God and I am meant to walk the earth as Jesus walked the earth. I am meant to destroy every work of darkness everywhere I go. And guys, I'm not there yet. But I know it's where we're all meant to be. And I know it's where God is drawing us. And I know he's doing it with love and encouragement. It's for each and every one of us. The very same spirit dwells inside of us, quickening us to remember. There's something in each of us that groans for this. Romans 8 talks about creation is groaning for this. The Holy Spirit is groaning in intercession on our behalf that will come into this. And it also says in Romans 8 that we groan for this. We are crying out for this on a cellular level. Our DNA has been changed by the blood of Jesus. And our very DNA is calling out and groaning and saying, rise up in what you have we've been recreated to walk in see the very same spirit right christ the very same spirit christ in us the hope of glory christ in us the hope of the goodness of god the glory of god everywhere we go christ you guys know christ wasn't jesus's last name it was the it means the anointed one the same anointing is on us. Jesus Christ. God recently had me do a word study on that out of Matthew. What is it? 16. When he says to Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ. Right. God had me look that up. I love words. I grew up with an English teacher, mom. I started writing when I was eight years old. I love words. And I looked that up. And in, in to me, when you read that, he says, you are the Christ. Well, the is a definite article, which means Christ is a noun. So I'm assuming Christ is a noun. So I looked this up in Strong's, and the first thing I noticed is part of speech. And according to Strong's, in that passage in Matthew, when Simon says, you are the Christ, Christ is not a noun. It's a verb. I'm sorry, it's an adjective. Do you know what adjectives do? Now, maybe this is just for me because I love words, but adjectives modify nouns. Bear is a noun. If you use the adjective teddy, teddy bear. Oh, it's a cute, cuddly bear. If you use the adjective grizzly, grizzly bear. Oh, it's an eight-foot machine of claw and teeth. I used to live in Montana. I know what grizzly bears are like. Adjectives modify nouns. We'll see Jesus Christ. Christ is an adjective. 
Jesus walked the earth modified. The very same spirit. He looked different from anybody else on earth. He wasn't a teddy. He was a grizzly. The very same spirit, Christ, dwells in us. Our nouns have been just as modified if we'll grab hold of this. We're not teddies. We're grizzlies. And we're grizzlies for the kingdom of God. We have been modified forever and ever if we come into agreement with it. Yeah. How am I doing on time? Okay, I need to wrap up. I'm going to wrap up with this. In Acts 1.8, Jesus says, Tarry, and you will receive power from on high to bear witness of me to the ends of the earth. God's plan is for us that we will bear witness of him. And we will do it in power. We will do it as modified nouns. We will do it as sons and daughters that destroy every work of darkness everywhere we go. That's how we're meant to bear witness of who our Jesus is and how our Jesus is. By doing the works that he did and even greater works. And it simply happens by believing that he is who he says he is. Now what I want to close with is that word receive. In the Greek, that word receive in Acts 1.8 is lambano. And lumbano doesn't mean, to me, I hear receive, and what I think of is sort of sitting and waiting and receiving. Like on my birthday, which is May 22nd, feel free to write that down so you can send me presents. You know, on May 22nd, I'm sitting in my house on my couch, I'm waiting for the doorbell to ring and the UPS guy to knock on it, and I can open the door and, oh, good, presents, and I receive them. It's just that easy. Lumbano, receive, it's not a passive thing where you wait upon it to come to you. Lumbano means to lay hold of in order to use. We have to lay hold of it. We have to grab hold of it in order to use it. And we do that again by believing. This is the definition of the word believe. When Jesus says, believe in me and you will do the works that I do. I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of this. So if there's any Greek scholars, you can help me out. Pistueo. It's P-I-S-T-E-U-O. And it's to think to be true or to place confidence in. If we will simply think to be true, the word of God and place confidence in what Jesus said about us, we can go forth and we can destroy every work of darkness everywhere we go. We saw it yesterday. We had about 120 people out on the streets. Does that remind you of anything? Does that remind you of Pentecost? 120 people spilling out into the streets, 3,000 added in the day. We saw salvations yesterday. We saw lives touched and changed yesterday. We saw healings yesterday. The one really quick testimony that even blew me away that was shared last night was that a team that went to a hospital and they got to sit and visit with a guy who'd had a stroke and they were sharing with him and he wasn't responding and it took him a little bit to realize he'd had a stroke and he couldn't talk. They prayed for him and within a couple minutes he was able to speak. I think the word he said was have a very good afternoon. He went from not being able to speak to his tongue being loosed And it was just people like you and me who were willing to go, willing to believe, willing to pray. This is for all of us. It's for each and every one of us if we're willing to believe. God is a miracle-working God. And what I'm going to close with right now is 
There are many powerful miracles he can do, but it all starts with the miracle of salvation. It all starts with the restoration of relationship with our Father in heaven. So many of us haven't known a good father or good parents or haven't known the fullness of love and acceptance. But in Jesus, in the beloved, we're fully accepted. And God stands with his hand extended, waiting to reach out to anyone and everyone that wants to know that restored relationship. Anyone and everyone that wants to see the works of the enemy destroyed in their life, whether it's sickness or disease or depression or loneliness, whatever it is. So I want to encourage anyone here who doesn't yet know the Lord, I want to encourage you to come forward and receive God. There's a team here that'll pray with you. Jesus loves you. He loves you. My testimony's long. I won't share it, but the crux of it is Jesus pursued me for 38 years. And when he finally, I finally allowed him to reveal himself to me in wholeness, his entire message to me was, I refuse not to love you. I was as unlovable as they came, but Jesus refused not to love me. And for anyone here who doesn't know the Lord, I am here to tell you, he not only refuses not to love you, he cannot wait to pull you into the embrace of his arms and pour out his love and all of the blessings of heaven into your life. So if there's anybody here who would like to make a wonderful decision today to come to know this incredible God of ours, I invite you to come forward and the team can pray with you. God bless you guys.